Hi, and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast, where I, your host, Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do, and wrap all that up in a way which makes sense. This is an attempt at a daily series of podcasts which are released across wherever you get your podcasts from, and an occasional YouTube video version with bonus content, should you want that. If you want to get in touch or get involved with the podcast, or maybe even be a sponsor, get in touch via Twitter at DM underscore daily, or check out the blog, mariosblog.co.uk. Morning, it never rains, it pours. Uh, This is episode 21 of the Delivery Manager Daily. As I'm recording this, I'm looking out the window and it is absolutely torrential in the Midlands, Nottingham. Uh, I thought I would talk of a recent experience I've had with a personal project that hasn't gone as well as my projects usually do. And it's testament to some of the advice and things that I talk about here. And I've not taken in this example any of my own advice and done all the wrong things. So I wanted to go through those and hopefully... um, resonate a little bit if you've ever made the same mistakes and or some of the other things I talk about on this podcast are kind of backed up by some of the mistakes uh, that I've made. So a quick overview of the project is that I was asked to build an application with some code that had already been written and the functionality was somewhat there but it was not ideal and that person had disappeared. So if you translate this into a large, larger scale project, it's the equivalent of taking on someone else's work, a managed service. So I had some time looking through the code, what was given, and it was given in a state where it wasn't working, and decided um, to throw the baby out with the bathwater and start again. And I didn't really... So the first mistake I made was I didn't really look at the code in adequate enough detail to learn... A discovery that I made uh, a few weeks or several weeks later. So that was one of the first mistakes. The second mistake was identifying that the client was um, not one to be trapped down by a scope or contract or terms and conditions. And as you develop your uh, experience over the years, you can become a little bit more relaxed and, and kind of take conversation at face value and, and kind of, you know, gentleman's agreement and all that. Mm. And um, it's built on trust, right, and doing the right thing. And generally, that gets you through your life uh, well. And this isn't anything to do with the client. I'm talking about me and my delivery of this thing. Um, But I knew that the client really was skipping over detail and avoiding tough conversations or wanting to do and and build the thing as cheaply as possible, almost with this notion of commoditizing software engineering down to an hourly rate, a bit like a window cleaner or, you know, a bricklayer. No offense to any of those professions, I can't do either. Um, so the, the, the second mistake I made was recognizing that the client should have been treated a different way than I treated them. And I left a lot of things on the table that maybe I should have controlled more tightly with things like a plan or a scope or getting things in writing and all that kind of thing. So that was the second mistake I made. So then what I did was I invested a huge amount of time into um, something that I'd not discovered fully. So we talk about the importance of understanding what you're building and the value for the users. And I skipped that bit and went straight into building something new. And what I did was uh, a series of um, very quick, rapid uh, ideations that weren't quite hitting the mark. And I'd gone so deep into some of those, I was reticent to go back and look at the previous code that was 
had bits missing anyway and um and there was a detail there that I'd missed in that it actually worked almost to a higher level of functionality than my proposition yet I spent far too much time on what I'd built tackling a single technical problem that if I'd have just looked at the existing code I'd have maybe gone down a different technology route so the importance of that was I didn't do enough discovery up front and I didn't do enough um, analysis up front and I always talk about the importance of that in projects and yet I chose to skip over that along with ignoring that the client was a certain um, behavioural type and knowing that I was taking on bad code. We were starting to build on a, a pyramid of failure really. So after investing a few weeks building something that didn't work and then going back to the existing code because that worked better, realising then that um, the effort that I'd put into some fresh code, I could have worked on this existing code and got it into a better state. So um, so that's what I did and we started pulling back the project and getting the site online, making it functional. Um but failing to keep the client in a iterative loop of um, discovery, um, understanding the needs, documenting and prototyping, and then releasing. So at this point, I've got a DevOps pipeline set up. I can deliver code. I can make changes. I can call in help if I need it on the things that um, I can't do. I've got backups. I can roll back Um it's a fairly unsophisticated DevOps pipeline. Um, I'm probably skipping exhaustive testing in any way because at this point there's been so much hemorrhaged cash. Um, testing almost is, a, is an afterthought at this point. So that brings me to the kind of fourth mistake on the, on the failure <laughs> pile, um, not paying adequate enough attention to testing. So this notion of you know fixing something, breaking something else or not testing outside of a happy path I did all that and ultimately it was it was rushing and I got to a point in the project where I just thought do you know I'm gonna have to swallow that I've made as much as the clients tricky they've come to me as an expert and I've not been the expert or done the expert things um and I made some janky decisions and and that impacted the the quality of the product and you know what I've done to remediate that is pay at my own cost to rebuild bits of the platform that even though fundamentally you know is someone else's poor work professional pride will not let me sort of let that slide so we've now got this workable solution that isn't a solid mvp uh, for the client and the client's gone on a bit of a journey and obviously from their perspective they've spent money and i haven't done particularly well i don't think well i hope i have but um one of the things when i started my business 10 years ago was to be different to how people interpreted web development at the time, which was a bottomless pit of some uh, nerd speaking in a way that a client or customer didn't understand and taking all the money and using confusion and a technology sort of gap and understanding to, to make as much money as possible. And this is a, a preconceived um, notion of web developers that still persists today in the lower end of the market. And that lower end of the market is somewhere where I used to play with my business. So I was building WordPress websites between two to four hundred pound and then four to six hundred pound and then eight to a thousand pound and then a thousand to five thousand pounds. And even between five and ten thousand pounds, that's still considered kind of low end and 
the types of customer makes the work almost um, not cost effective because the work you have to do in the coaching or um, managing the client. Now, if you fast forward 10 years later, obviously the approach to web development has changed. The bar is lower, the barrier of entry is lower. Sites like Squarespace and more friendly kind of WordPress.com uh, type uh, solutions, turnkey solutions like Squarespace are just fantastic or Wix Builder. I mean, there are others that exist. Squarespace in particular, I think, is a perfectly amitable kind of amitable. Is that a word? Where have I got that from? is a perfectly reasonable solution. Um, I'm a big fan of WordPress, even though I know a lot of developers would spit and, and kind of uh, roll their eyes or contort their face when I say that. But for a lot of people, WordPress is still a great platform. Um, Shopify and WooCommerce, and I'm, you know, everyone, generally speaking, has access to these tools. And now web development and, and sort of my business has pivoted more into actual functionality development and software development outside of what you can get from a from a box like Squarespace, right? So that's where I see the change. But even when we talk about features and functionality, there's still this notion of commoditization of, well, what do you charge an hour? You know, three hours at £75 an hour does not equate to software engineering. So generally, you kind of stop dealing with these type of customers as you grow and lots of web developers or if you run your own web development company that'll resonate with you right you, you pick the market you want to play in and, and I've been fortunate enough to to kind of have my toe in in different levels from that small kind of low-end group where all the relative kind of trouble and it's it's like the wild west to even larger projects um, because typically for the lower budgets you can't do the diligence needed right so anyway, fast forward after all these lessons and experience that I've had over the last 10, 20 years, you would think I don't make these mistakes. And as a rule that I don't, but for whatever reason on this project, having really identified that the client would be tricky and, and, and not engaging on the offer of work for a year, uh, decided to, to conduct that work and um, failing to spot these or, or acknowledging that they were there and then not stopping early enough. It's really difficult to make a mistake, know that you've made a mistake, know that you don't often make mistakes, but then try and find the strength to kind of make a decision to stop and identify. And it's just a level of bravery that still doesn't come natural to me or I think many. I think putting your hand up and saying that you've you've fucked up is, is hard. Um, the less you fuck up, I guess, the more difficult it is to put your hand up and say you do. Um, but what I've taken from this and what I've taken from this project is um, even more now the advice that I give in this podcast for, and I know I talk about delivery management and project management, and I'm not suggesting that this is a podcast about software engineering per se, but um, definitely that diligence, all that upfront work, the discovery, the client management, the relationship. In fact, it's the relationship building um and the relationship that I have, which has probably saved me to some degree, I still feel I've over-delivered um, because of the remediatory work that I've done. But from a client perspective, I guess it's a bit like taking your car to a garage, the garage subsequently crashing your car into a wall, then repairing it to as new. It might be a great job, but they still crashed the car in the first place. So there's a hard lesson there to learn and if you're upcoming as a as a dm and transpose what i'm saying into your own projects do not skip that detail no matter how small the project there's a tendency to think well this isn't a big project or a big budget so um we'll throttle the um 
the effort. Do not do that on any project. Get consistent and turnkey with the the way that you apply the diligence to everything that you do as a delivery manager. So have those client discoveries, have those refinement sessions, make sure that you've got proper user stories for features, make sure that those features have been understood and then subsequently estimated and make sure that all of that is done every time and, and, and not doing those things are at your peril as I have learned. So in summary then, Let's just review those four or five mistakes that I made and, and we've covered kind of what not to do. So recognising that the client would need a level of support and care that, that um, and, and a way of working that the budget didn't support. So that's the first thing that that led to failure. The second mistake was the throwing the baby out with the bathwater and rushing straight to code without fully understanding the situation. I mean, as I say this, it sounds ridiculous, but that is that is the mistake I made. So rushing straight to expensive code without spending more time. On, I mean, I always use the term measure twice, cut once. But with this, I got the scissors and went straight to the carpet lino and started chopping out shapes. So that's the second mistake I made. The third mistake I made was just forgetting the diligence and the testing and spending the time on that. And then the final mistake was just um, not, well, just generally speaking, just um, not thinking properly about how to tackle this and not doing the diligence on the code whilst and, and really not managing the risks. You know, the, I identified every single risk that then became an issue that impacted me yet did nothing so you know that's on me right so risk management is ever so important and, and I just screwed that up so it's a good lesson to learn I guess um, it's interesting the dynamic when you work in industry and then run your own side hustle as well and don't always get it right um, and it's a rare one-off mistake which means nothing to the client but to me I take some solace in the fact that you know it's just a almost a reminder of you know even I can screw up and that's hard. Um, so what I am learning from this alongside the practical is recognising that I'm not infallible. And I think going into any other project now, there's just a reminder of eating my own dog food and taking my own advice. But not only that, it calibrates that the advice that I give to others is absolutely right and correct. And I'm happy with that. So I take away a little bit of, OK, so at least I know, at least I'm not unaware to, to what these issues were. But if you're uh, a DM and, and take anything away from this, um, please do the diligence and make sure that you, regardless of the project size, cover those basics consistently. Otherwise, you will find uh, yourself in a mess on your project. So that's, I think, episode 21 of the Delivery Manager Daily. A little bit of a heartfelt, a heartfelt uh, admittance of um, messing up. So hopefully uh, you can take some lessons from that so you don't do the same thanks for listening episode 21 of the delivery manager daily if you want to follow me on twitter at dm underscore daily or on twitter at mario dc uh, go to the blog mario's blog.co.uk and get in touch it's always nice to hear your thoughts and opinion and i'll talk to you very soon I just want to take this opportunity to let you know that I do have a small web and app company that I run on the side to my day-to-day -day job. I build 
websites, small applications, and you can get in touch with me if you want a website built, maybe you want to start a new business or a side hustle, or you need to talk to someone for some advice and not sure where to go. Get in touch with me at creativepixel.me.uk, quote the podcast, DM daily, you'll get a 10% discount on any work that you uh, have done with me. So check it out. <laughs>